0: Welcome to Voice Over Work, an audiobook sampler. Where do you listen? I'm Russell, founder of Newton Media Group, and I can't wait to help you today so that you can know if you want to listen to that one. Stick around. Today is April 6th, 2022. There's a lot of stuff to prepare and accomplish if you're considering building your own off-grid home. So equipping yourself with the correct knowledge will be crucial to the success of this endeavor. The book Off-Grid Homestead by Peter Daniels will help you cover all your bases and assist you in a smooth and efficient transition toward self-sustainability. Thanks for being here today. Here is the chapter by chapter summary of Off-Grid Homestead. Chapter 1. Raising Funds for Your Project As with any project, the foremost consideration for you will be the amount of money needed to bankroll the whole effort. You'll need money to plan your equipment and resources, purchase the necessary tools, prepare supplies and other necessities, and also pay for documents and legal requirements associated with the project you're undertaking. Moving off the grid and building your self-sustaining homestead will definitely require an ample amount of money so that you can carry out each aspect of the planning stage satisfactorily. There will be major changes in your lifestyle and needs as you decide to live off the grid, and these changes will require proper budgeting and financial management so that you can make the transition as seamlessly as possible. In fact, financial capability is probably the largest contributing or limiting consideration regarding how and when people can eventually go off the grid. Those who already have enough savings on hand and can start the transition as soon as possible have an advantage over those who are heavily in debt and cannot afford major life transitions in the near future. If you are seriously considering living off the grid, the very first step in order to get started is to start saving money now. This is a project that cannot be done overnight. At best, it can take a few months, perhaps even a couple of years for you to complete the transition. But regardless of the timeline that you have to successfully change to an off-grid homestead, the time to start setting aside money is today. Savings are significant because there will be a lot of investments, purchases, repairs, and maintenance costs associated with this lifestyle. Although you will be saving a lot of money later on, because you'll be free from utility bills and living a simpler, more natural life, the process of transforming to the off-grid life will still require financial investment on your part, so a healthy savings account will be your most important tool. Here are some of the simplest ways to build up your savings account and have enough money for your off-grid homestead project. Assess Your Food Costs Whatever your financial situation, your food cost is one of the easiest expenses to analyze for increased savings. Start with your monthly grocery bill and assess what usual expenses can be reduced or avoided altogether so you can channel more of your available funds towards your off-grid homestead project. Look at your food pantry or storage area in your kitchen. If you do not have an organized list of your stored food items yet, it will be very helpful to start one. Having an organized list of the food items you already have and what you'll need to restock soon will assist you in keeping an inventory, minimizing waste, and being more deliberate and careful in your purchasing decisions when you go to the supermarket. Whether you choose a digital or paper organizer, start keeping one and ensure it is always updated. As you list down your inventory of what foods you currently have stored at home, take note of the expiration date as well. Then, reorganize your pantry or food storage so that the items nearest to their expiration dates are positioned closer to the front, ready to be used. The idea here is to consume the near expiry items first to avoid waste. Having a meal plan is another important aspect of assessing your food expenses and maximizing savings. A Deliberate Meal Plan Chapter 2. Planning Your Off-Grid Home As you're building your savings, raising funds, and trying to limit your spending so you can have enough of a financial cushion on hand for your off-grid homestead project, you'll also need to plan the bare essentials that you'll need to save up for and invest in. It would be helpful to have a comprehensive list of these things, to have a concrete idea of the things you'll have to purchase and how much of your available funds will have to be allocated for each need. If you check out online resources or video tutorials of other people who have successfully transitioned to off-grid living, it may seem like a daunting task. You'll see how others have managed to move to their own parcel of land somewhere far from the urban jungle, built their own home, learned how to generate their own power and water supply, and source their own food, then your first thought might be, how on earth will I be able to do all of that? The task ahead may seem gargantuan, but keep in mind that moving to your own off-grid homestead is not something you will accomplish overnight. In fact, a few months may not be enough time to complete everything and get all the essentials set up. At best, this takes at least a year or more to pull off successfully. Moving to a self-sustaining homestead is a marathon, not a sprint. So take a deep breath and don't get pressure to have everything prepared right away. Successful off-grid homeowners will tell you that their projects took many months to plan, prepare, build, consolidate, and polish. Most are works in progress which means the off-grid homeowners continually assess their current setups to improve their living. Once you have already moved into your new home, the journey will have just begun. It will be the start of an ongoing process of trial and error and constant adjustments and reassessments so that you'll have better results. Instead of getting bogged down by the immense responsibilities that lie ahead, break down your goals into smaller, observable, And realistic goals. The best way to go about this is to start with the basics, moving step by step until you have a pretty clear picture of a roadmap to follow. So let's start with the most essential things to prepare for your off-grid homestead. Land. The location of your off-grid homestead will be your biggest consideration. In fact, this will probably be your largest investment. The land on which you'll build your home will be the foundation of your entire off-grid lifestyle. You'll need to decide on a location that can sustain an off-grid lifestyle and is in an area where the prices are lower, property taxes are minimal, and regulations regarding permits and building codes are few. The land will be fundamental to the success of your off-grid home because it should be a location that can provide you with the resources you will need to truly become self-sustaining. For the most part, the best location for this type of lifestyle is in a remote or rural area. Forget about being able to build a truly self-sustaining off-grid homestead that is less than an hour from a major metropolitan city or a sprawling suburban area. Although not impossible, Real estate locations in these areas are encumbered by so many restrictions, regulations, and laws that they will make it very difficult for you to truly achieve a self-reliant homestead. I'm sure you're already aware of the many laws, ordinances, Chapter 3 Substantial Savings Through Recycling and Reusing Materials One of the most attractive elements of off-grid living is the idea of living a lifestyle that is closer to nature, less encumbered by the materialism of modern society, and being able to live comfortably and abundantly while also minimizing one's carbon footprint and contributing to environmental care. With more and more people today becoming keenly aware of their impact on the planet, the idea of minimizing what can be reduced, reusing what can still be salvaged, and making environment-conscious decisions has moved to the mainstream discussion. The great thing about building your off-grid homestead is the opportunity to build a truly eco-friendly residence from the ground up. It will allow you to use available resources and knowledge in this modern age to build a resident that keeps you safe, comfortable, and productive, but also aligns with your beliefs and convictions on how you can do your part towards environmental care starting with the building materials. Among off-grid homestead owners, the most common type of dwelling is the cabin, and this is primarily built using lumber. Other common building materials used for off-grid homes are clay, stone, straw, shipping containers, and recycled plastic and aluminum. Whatever type of off-grid homestead you choose to build, you can opt to find cost-efficient or even free building materials to maximize your savings and reduce consumption. Log cabins have been around for many generations, dating back to the earliest frontier homesteads. Log cabins are known for being easy to build, surprisingly durable, and very comfortable. If the location of your off-grid property has a lot of trees for lumber, you should definitely consider building a log cabin in order to maximize the resources you already have within your parcel of land. You'll be able to save thousands of dollars if you already have a source of lumber in your off-grid property. Of course, you'll also need to invest in equipment for cutting the trees and preparing the lumber for use in your cabin, but the savings will likely still be substantial, and you can continue using whatever equipment you invest in for many years to come. A log cabin costs less than many other types of dwellings, and it is also relatively easier to structure and build. In fact, even those who have limited knowledge of construction can learn how to build a log cabin using various available resources. Whether you decide to use hand tools or more sophisticated power tools, a log cabin is a great option for DIY building if you're willing to put in the time to learn its construction. There are a few popular misconceptions about log cabins that you may have heard or read about. For instance, many people seem to think that log cabins are not sufficiently insulated and will cause residents to shiver in the cold during the long winter months. On the contrary, most log cabin walls are thicker than the standard 6-inch framed walls in most residences in the United States. Well-planned log homes provide the same insulation as any other type of residence, if not better. Also, you may install additional options for insulation and thermal efficiency. Another popular misconception regarding log cabins is that they consume too much wood compared to a wood frame dwelling. The fact, however, is that according to the revised Log Cabin Construction Manual, An average log cabin will require as much wood as a similar-sized stick-frame house, and by obtaining your log... Chapter 4. Tools for Building Your Off-Grid Homestead Independence and self-reliance are the primary skills that will fuel your passion and determination to build your off-grid residence from scratch. You'll need to train yourself to do so many tasks and responsibilities that you may have gotten used to paying professionals or hired laborers to do. Because of this reality, you'll need to equip yourself with the right tools and equipment to be adequately prepared for the tasks ahead. The great thing about investing in various equipment and tools for your off-grid home is that you'll not only need these items during the construction part of the project, rather the vast majority of these tools will also be useful for you as you maintain, repair, and replace different fixtures and spaces around your homestead. Essential Equipment List Long Handle number 2 Round Point Shovel This type of shovel will be essential for many tasks around your off-grid homestead, including digging ditches, putting out brush fires, or clearing ice and snow from your property. It's important to get the number 2 kind, because it's more suited for the tasks you will be performing. It is recommended to get the shovel with a deep socket, the metal cup, at the very top of the blade where the handle is inserted. This type of shovel is very durable and will last you a long time. Kent Hook If you decide to build a log cabin and source the wood from trees around your property, you'll need the cant Hook to assist you in hauling the logs from one location to another. This eases the pressure from your back and arms as you carry those logs. The cant hook will also be useful later on if you have a fireplace or build a campfire. Chainsaw This one's a no-brainer for any individual looking to go off the grid. The chainsaw will be useful for so many tasks around your property, including cutting wood for construction or firewood, building fences around your land, or clearing trees from your driveway or backyard. Linesman Pliers These pliers are also often called side cutters. They're useful for a wide range of tasks, including cutting fence wires, repairing electrical fixtures or appliances, and cutting through or removing nails and screws around the home. Having a pair of Linesman Pliers equips you for many functions, so you'll no longer need to rely on professionals. Framing Hammer For constructing your off-grid home, as well as for repairs and upkeep, a good hammer will be essential. While a standard claw hammer can do a lot, a framing hammer is more suitable for bigger, more challenging tasks. Look for a solid steel type of framing hammer, because it is definitely a long-term investment. Long Pocket Knife For various cutting tasks in and around your off-grid property, a durable and quality long pocket knife will prove invaluable to you during the construction period and when maintaining your home and for various repairs. Screwdriver You should have a top-quality screwdriver anyway, regardless of where you live or what type of home you reside in. But for living off the grid, a screwdriver is an essential tool to always have handy. This equipment will be vital to many of your home maintenance and repairs. You really only need one screwdriver that will last you for a long time, but you may want to look into those screwdriver sets with various sizes. Handsaw There are different types of unpowered hands. Chapter 5. Heat Sources for Your Off-Grid Homestead Keeping yourself and your loved ones warm is an important consideration as you plan your off-grid home. This is especially crucial if you'll be constructing your residence in an area that experiences very cold winters during certain months of the year. Preparing ahead of time and installing the right type of heat source for the dwelling you have will ensure that you and your family stay warm and comfortable no matter how much the temperature drops outside. Part of the challenge of switching to an off-grid lifestyle is figuring out how to source your own heat during the winter months. Because you'll no longer rely on utility companies to provide you with gas or other heating options, an efficient and reliable heating system appropriate with your off-grid homestead will have to be planned well in advance. One of the common heat sources that off-grid homestead owners install is the pellet stove Pellet stoves are especially advantageous to off-grid homes because they are eco-friendly and use renewable materials to provide heat to the house rather than traditional non-renewable sources such as gas. The pellet stove has a lot of similarities to wood-burning fireplaces or stoves, but the biggest difference is that it uses compressed pellets as fuel. The pellets are sourced from wood and wood byproducts, including wood chipping, sawdust, bark, or waste paper products. Many pellet stoves exclusively use wood pellets, but certain types of pellet stoves can also be run using biofuel pellets made from nutshells or corn. If a pellet stove sounds like something you would want to use in your off-grid home, you'll have to consider what type of pellets are readily available in the area around your residence. It will be inconvenient if you purchase a pellet stove that's only fueled by wood byproducts, only to find out that the only available pellets in your location are biofuel pellets. Another aspect of planning is the storage space available in your off-grid homestead for the pellets. There should be a dedicated area in your off-grid home for storing an ample amount of pellets that you'll use for your pellet stove. The storage space should be sizable enough for you to keep pellets for at least a few weeks in advance, in case you cannot immediately go out and purchase pellets during the winter months. The good thing about pellets is that they are a compressed type of fuel, so the storage space required is significantly less when compared to how much space you'll need to store logs for a wood-burning fireplace or stove. You can typically purchase large bags of pellets, usually around 40 pounds or 18 kilograms, From most commercial establishments or dealers. Of course, if you prefer to buy larger quantities, wholesale packages are also available. To ensure that the pellets will burn efficiently once used in the pellet stove, they need to be stored in a clean, dry storage area inside your homestead. It's not advisable to keep the pellets outside the home, even if they are securely packed. The pellets will last longer and burn more efficiently if kept inside and in a dry area, rather than outside and exposed to moisture. If stored properly, you'll notice that these very dense pellets will burn very hot and clean, with less smoke emission and a reduced amount of soot ash and creosote. Prior to purchasing your pellet stove, you should also consider the size of the room it will be heating. You'll not want to use a pellet stove that's too big, because you'll have to use it at a very low setting, and this can compromise the pellet stove in the long run. On the other hand, Chapter 6 Location, Location, Location As you zero in on various aspects of your off-grid homestead, it'll be good to arm yourself with as much useful knowledge as possible regarding the general area in which you will reside. One of the most common expressions in business is Location, Location, Location In constructing your off-grid homestead, this is just as important as well. The great thing about deciding to transition to a self-sustaining and self-reliant homestead now is that there are plenty of resources and first-hand knowledge available to you. Many others have blazed the trail and continue to share their expertise and experiences so that others who are keen on living off-the-grid will have as much useful knowledge at their disposal. You'll not have to feel lost or all alone in this endeavor. The off-grid living community is continually growing, and most adherents are very helpful and are always willing to lend a hand to others. When it comes to common queries, perhaps the most common among those who are considering an off-grid lifestyle is the location. Where is the best place to build my off-grid homestead? Top Homesteading Locations in North America Here are some of the most recommended locations for off-grid living based on the first-hand experience of other off-grid homestead owners. Maine The state of Maine has zoning and property laws and restrictions that are among the most agreeable to off-grid living. Also, the land prices are relatively lower, population density is low, and crime rates across the state are very low also. Maine is blessed with many natural resources crucial to an off-grid existence, including water, timber, and rock. Although the crop-growing season is shorter compared to other states in the South and Midwest areas of the United States, this can be mitigated using indoor and greenhouse farming. Texas Many remote areas of Texas have large swaths of affordable land, which can be a great option for your off-grid homestead. Another thing going for Texas is the long crop-growing season in most areas of the state. As far as natural resources, Texas has more than enough rock and timber for off-grid homestead construction. However, you would want to avoid purchasing land in desert areas because water and food supply can be challenging. Montana Montana is consistently ranked among the most off-grid friendly states because of the affordable land prices, low population density, low crime rate, low cost of living, and relaxed state laws. Montana is rich in grasslands and prairies, making it an excellent location for homeowners who want to raise their own livestock. Montana's crop-growing season is not as long, but you can balance this with a greenhouse or indoor farming. Montana is a great option for off-grid homeowners considering wind turbines for power generation because of its windy environment. Most of the state's areas that are not grasslands have plenty of timber. Ohio The southern part of Ohio would be a particularly viable location for an off-grid homestead because of the cheap land prices, low property taxes, and cost of living, and rich supply of natural resources. Several counties do not have any zoning laws or even permit offices, making this area very friendly for self-reliant off-grid homestead owners. The crop growing season is long, running from May... Chapter 7. Solar Power Installation for Your Off-Grid Home Since the goal of off-grid living is self-sustainability, many homestead owners would likely recommend that you DIY as much power generation as you possibly can. Making and installing your own solar panels can be time-consuming, and you'll need to brush up on your electrical skills. Still, if you have the patience and the drive to learn the process, it can be very rewarding and save you a lot of money rather than having it done professionally. Also, if you are already well-versed in the process you can maintain and repair it yourself as needed. A solar power system requires careful study and planning from procuring the proper materials and securing the correct permits from the local government. A basic understanding of the power generation process using solar energy is also needed. Most solar panels utilized today are made of crystalline silicon wafers, usually around 6 inches square in size. As the sun's rays hit the wafers, the electrons begin to move rapidly, creating an electric current from the movement or flow of electrons. Typically, solar panels are built by soldering together the solar cells into strings that are joined together and connected to a junction box. These components are then secured and sealed to keep the solar panel waterproof, usually with a transparent waterproof product. Silicon is added to seal the panel all around the edges to keep the moisture out. The most important part of this DIY solar panel project is sourcing the best quality materials. You can purchase the needed materials from various distributors, but be sure to do your due diligence and only get your materials from trusted and well-reviewed suppliers. It's better to get high-quality materials that may be a little pricier then scrimping on the materials and ending up with substandard materials that are more prone to damage or fire or are less efficient. Steps to build a single solar panel. The typical single full-sized solar panel will contain 60 silicon wafers. This is the usual size used in most commercially available rooftop solar power panel systems but you can customize your system and construct a smaller panel if your electricity needs are not as high. The first step to this DIY project is procuring your individual solar cells. These cells are available online. Once you have your solar cells, here's the process for building a solar panel. Prepare the backing that will be used for your panel. A common solution for this is a wooden board that functions as the base for the solar cells. Holes will have to be drilled into the wooden board to allow the wires of each solar cell to go through. Wire the solar cells together in a secure fashion. It's time to put your basic electrical skills to use in this step. Use a soldering iron, attach the wire to the solar cells, then link them together. Attach the solar cells to the backing panel. It's better to individually attach the solar cells to the backing, as this will make it easier later on to replace each cell in case of damage or inoperability. After these steps, you now have a solar panel that's ready for use. The next step is pairing this solar panel with an inverter that will convert direct current, or DC power harnessed from the sun, into the alternating current, or AC power used for operating our appliances. Chapter 8 Harvesting Rainwater for Your Off-Grid Homestead In your traditional grid-connected residence, clean water is something that you probably take for granted and don't even give much notice. All you have to do is turn on the tap to get drinking water or wash your hands, flush the toilet after using it, or switch the shower on. You use water for washing your clothes, cleaning your car, cooking, and many other daily activities, and you likely don't even notice how much water you're consuming. On average, the typical American consumes between 80 to 100 gallons of water each day, and this rate is among the highest among first world countries. This amounts to a yearly consumption of about 32,000 gallons per person. That's a lot of water to think about, and as you transition to the off-grid lifestyle, you will need to carefully think about your water supply and what sources will be best for you and your household. Depending on the location of your off-grid homestead, rainwater may be one of the simplest and most viable options that will complement your water supply. Consider these statistics. Every inch of rainfall on a 1,000-square-foot roof can amount to around 600 gallons of water. Even if you live in an area with an arid or desert-type climate, the average annual rainfall is still less than 10 inches. If you take into account that the average roof size of a house is about 1,500 square feet, rainwater harvesting definitely sounds like a feasible option. Rainwater collection using a typical 60 gallon rain barrel may be enough to shore up your drinking water needs and even provide you with your needed supply for washing, cooking, and laundry. You can combine this barrel with smaller containers of three to five gallons each, and just 10 to 15 of these containers can already give you around 110 gallons of usable water without requiring too much storage space. So what is the basic process of rainwater harvesting? Rainwater falls from the sky and onto the roof of the off-grid home. This rainwater will flow through the downspouts and gets channeled into an underground cistern. The water is pulled out of the cistern by a shallow well pump coursed through a pipe. The water then passes through a filtration system. After filtering, the water enters a pressure tank for distribution throughout the off-grid home. As the water is consumed, pressure in the tank decreases. Then the pump gets activated to pull up fresh water from the cistern to replenish the supply. Check local regulations first. Before setting up any kind of rainwater collection system in your off-grid homestead, you should first check existing laws in your area. Some states have rainwater harvesting laws in place, mainly because of property rights or concerns regarding water management, primarily because of changing climate conditions. Most states, however, do not have any laws regarding rainwater harvesting. In fact, many jurisdictions encourage residents to harvest rainwater One of the most reliable, updated information sources regarding rainwater laws in each state is the National Conference of State Legislatures. This organization lists states with specific laws or regulations regarding rainwater collection, and they also provide other useful resources and links to related government agencies. Reach out to local building code officials and inquire about regulations they may have in effect regarding rainwater collection and harvesting. It is possible for a state not to have any laws regarding Chapter 9. Planning Your Off-Grid Food Supply Your self-sustaining food supply is something you'll need to plan as you make the switch to off-the-grid living. Depending on the size of your household, you'll need to allocate a certain area of your property for growing crops and possibly even raising livestock. Living in an off-grid homestead entails... Setting up your residence in a location far from the city limits, which means going to the market or grocery store to buy food items is not always feasible. Planning is vital because not all of the usual produce and food products you consume will be readily available as soon as you move into your off-grid homestead. You must calculate and figure in the planting time, growing time, soil maintenance and building, season changes, and other factors. The most important thing to remember as you plan your own garden is to grow food that you will actually consume. It'll not make sense to have a sizable area of your land devoted to a crop that your household doesn't really like to eat. Of course, personal preferences are not the only consideration, but if there is a crop that absolutely no one in your household likes to eat, probably should not be in your garden. Nutritional content and color content should be factored into your planning process. Be updated on the recommended amount of calories needed each day to stay strong, focused, and energized. Aim for a balanced food supply with enough calories for energy and vitamins and minerals for strength and immunity. Carefully consider the storability and preservability of the crops you'll be growing as well. There are various ways to store or preserve your food for short-term and long-term use, such as cool storage or room-temperature storage. You can use your unheated basement, pantry, root cellar, or other in-home areas for room-temperature or cool storage. Produce, such as carrots, potatoes, onions, garlic, and cabbage can be stored this way, as well as many other crops that only need minimal processing for storage including dry corn, pumpkins, shell beans, and most root vegetables. Drying or Dehydrating Many fruits, vegetables, and meats can be dehydrated or dried and stored in airtight containers to extend their shelf life. You can use a sun oven, commercial dehydrator, or solar dehydrator for this process, or even simpler methods, such as baking sheets in the oven, or air-drying the items. Canning Canning refers to the heat processing of food in glass containers for long-term preservation. There are several types of canning. Water bath canning for fruits, tomatoes, pickles, or relishes. Steam canning for high-acid food items. Or pressure canning, usually for beans, carrots, and soups, sauces, broth, or meats. Freezing If you have the space for it, freezing is an easy way to store food for a longer shelf life. Vegetables should be blanched, boiled in water for a few minutes, then doused in cold water to maintain their quality and halt the natural enzyme process. Using vacuum sealed bags for storing fruits and vegetables can extend their life longer. Fermentation Fermentation transforms low acid foods into high acid foods for preservation, utilizing salt, whey, or other starter cultures to kickstart the process. Fermentation is used for making cheese, yogurt, chocolate, sour. Chapter 10 Preparing for Emergencies in Your Off Grid Home. Living off the grid means being independent of utility companies that provide basic services such as electricity, water, and gas. But this lifestyle of independence and self-reliance also entails that you know how to protect yourself and your household in case of emergencies. If you're living in a remote location, far from the city or town and its emergency services and personnel, knowing what to do in case of unexpected situations will be vital to your safety. Natural disasters and disturbances occur no matter where your location is. The type of natural disasters to prepare for will depend on where your off-grid homestead is located. With the reality of climate change and its effects now at the forefront of our consciousness, the amount and intensity of certain weather-related disturbances have also increased over the last few years, so it's even more important to be prepared for these eventualities. Emergencies that you should be prepared for include flash floods, tornadoes, wildfires, earthquakes, hurricanes, snowstorms, ice storms, droughts, storm surges, tsunamis, tidal waves, and more. You may not have control over Mother Nature and her wrath, but what you do have control over is the level of your preparedness in order to keep your household and your property safe. What are the things that you need to prepare accordingly in case of emergency situations? First aid kit. Living in an off-grid location means being situated far from hospitals or emergency care facilities, so you'll need to be prepared for medical emergencies, at least until professional help arrives, or you can get to the nearest hospital. Your first aid kit should contain these essentials. Adhesive tape. Elastic wrap bandages, bandages and bandage strips, different sizes, rubber tourniquet, roller gauze, eye shield or pad, aluminum finger splint, instant cold packs, cotton balls and cotton swabs, disposable latex gloves, duct tape or adhesive tape, petroleum jelly, plastic bags, different sizes, safety pins, scissors and tweezers. Hand sanitizer and rubbing alcohol, antibiotic ointment, antiseptic solution and towelettes, thermometer, eye wash solution, surgical mask, sterile saline, bulb suction device, syringe, hydrogen peroxide for disinfection, aloe vera gel, antacids, laxative, diarrhea medication, antihistamine, cough and cold medicine hydrocortisone cream, pain relievers, aspirin, communications equipment. Communication will be essential in the event of a natural disaster. Make sure that every member of your household has a working cell phone and power bank in case of a power outage. In some very remote areas with unreliable or non-existent cellular signals, it may be necessary to invest in a satellite phone, so you can stay connected to the outside world. Staying informed of the latest updates is also essential, so make sure you have a solar-powered or battery-powered radio that will work even when the power and internet connections are not working. Emergency Lighting Lighting will be crucial for movement, navigation, and safety. It may also mean the difference between life and death... you've just listened to voiceover work and audiobook sampler with your host russell subscribe to our podcast on itunes or google play come back in a few days and catch our next episode